Mike Adams. SL, it's my pleasure to share this still highly relevant article, which I published in my popular free e-zine, DNA Monthly, back in 2007. Enjoy! Announced with great fanfare in late November of last year, scientists have discovered that human DNA is far more variable than previously thought. Contrary to previous beliefs, as much as 10% of human genes vary wildly from one person to the next. The mainstream press is hailing the discovery as some sort of breakthrough that will shed light on so-called incurable diseases and give researchers the ability to create more targeted medicines. In reality, this new DNA discovery explains why most pharmaceuticals fail to work for most people. More importantly, this discovery humbles us, showing us that even our top scientists know less about human DNA than they once thought. Researching DNA is a lot like researching astronomy, the more we learn, the less we realize we know. It's as if every newly discovered fact unveils the existence of 10 new questions we never even knew existed. The mainstream media, in its usual limited view, is reporting this discovery as a breakthrough that will help scientists develop new drugs to treat disease. Every eureka moment having anything to do with the genetic code seems to lead the media to the same advertiser-pleasing conclusion, but they haven't even begun to realize the big story here. The real news in this discovery, which has nothing to do with pharmaceuticals or even medical science, is larger and more profound than any of us could have possibly imagined. Where are the missing blueprints? Until today, it was widely believed that individual genes directly controlled physical traits in the human body, and even mental and behavioral traits, according to some. But now it turns out that a surprisingly large number of individuals have wild variations in their genetic code, such as multiple copies of the same gene or even entire genes that are missing from their DNA. And yet they're not walking around without a kidney, for example, or missing their left eyeball. It's all quite shocking and rather difficult to explain from a Western point of view in which scientists believe that DNA is like a computer program containing sequential instructions for building a physical organism. The truth is, there aren't enough genes in the human genome to even build a human being in the first place. A human has about 30,000 genes, yet an adult human has trillions of specialized cells governed by millions of different chemical reactions. How do 30,000 genes control all this? Only a few years ago, 2001, humans were believed to have 100,000 genes while all simple life forms contained far fewer. But this assumption of humans being some advanced life form proved utterly false. It turns out that the mustard weed contains the same number of genes as humans, and even the common mouse has nearly as many. From certain types of worms to common trees, there are many organisms on the planet that have very nearly the same number of genes as human beings, and some have more. Even more surprising to most is the fact that human beings appear to actually be human-bacteria hybrids. We are not all human, in other words. At least 200 genes in our genetic code were mysteriously borrowed from bacteria, we now know. Nobody is sure how they got there, but we are sure they exist. Furthermore, if we look at the composition of cells in the typical human body, and start counting them, we realize that most of these cells are not human. It's a shocking statement, but entirely true. The vast majority of cells contained in the human body are bacteria cells, about 100 trillion of them for a typical human organism. In other words, most of the cells you walk around with you are not even you. The importance of this is in understanding that the human organism does not exist in isolation from the world around it. Regardless of what we believe, we are all closer to nature than we think. In fact, we literally live with nature inside us, permeating our cells. Epigenetic Factors there is no mention of epigenetics in all this news about the human genome. Although little understood by mainstream science, epigenetic factors control the expression of genes, activating or deactivating them based on environmental factors such as nutrition or exposure to synthetic chemicals. 
Epigenetic factors are also inherited, passed from one generation to the next, meaning that if one woman suffers from chronic nutritional deficiencies when she conceives a child, the detrimental side effects of that nutritional deficiency will be passed down through multiple generations, at least four generations, according to Pottinger, but perhaps as many as seven according to others. So DNA is not the only archive of information passed from mother to child. Even if we understood everything about DNA, we would still miss the big picture unless we also understood epigenetic factors, yet most old-school researchers and Western scientists don't even believe in epigenetic factors, adhering to the outdated point of view that genes alone control everything, and that all disease is predetermined, with environmental factors having little or no effect. The human genome reflects the patterns of nature. Most Western scientists currently believe the human genome is effectively like a biological computer program a series of instructions that tells the cells how to construct a complete organism containing trillions of new cells. Of course, there's no real explanation as to how a mere 30,000 genes could oversee the construction, maintenance and operation of such a highly complex organism. As Francis Collins, director of the National Human Genome Research Institute, said, it's astounding that we get by with so few protein-coding genes, but that seems to be sufficient because here we all are. It's hard to argue with logic like that. Indeed, it does work but not in the way Western scientists believe. My personal theory of the human genome takes special note of the multiple copies of many genes that have now been observed across a wide spectrum of the human population. Some people carry one, two, three or even four copies of the same gene. If you look at nature, where else do you notice copies of the same information? In harmonics, of course. A complex sound such as a single note on a violin is not made up of a simple square wave tone but a highly complex harmonics which gives the violin its special tone and timbre, a sort of auditory personality. On an oscilloscope, these harmonic levels often appear as copies of the same underlying waveforms. Such overtones are present throughout the human experience. Simple saying the word we, for example, involves shaping the mouth and tongue into an arrangement that creates complex, high-frequency overtones. The E sound is the highest multi-frequency overtone sound created in human speech but every vowel sound has its own unique pattern of repeating information. From low to high, the progression is oo, oo, ah, a, e. Physically, a human being is more like musical expression than a set of construction blueprints. The human body has near-perfect symmetry and economies of expression through fractal geometry that are quite evident in the structure of the circulatory system, for instance, or the nervous system. Just look at a drawing of veins and arteries and you'll notice the fractal patterns of geometry the same patterns drawn in the underside of a leaf. The same is also true of human hair and skin cells. Every police detective knows that the human fingerprint is made up of readily identifiable patterns that are connected through a sort of biological artistry. In any human fingerprint, notice the loops, swishes and curves that give strong clues to the underlying fractal geometry. Fingerprints aren't built with cellular bricks, they're built with repeating patterns that give us strong clues about the true structure of our DNA. Fractal geometry is also the dominant form of physical structure in nature, by the way. In fact, it was the study of plant leaves and mollusk shells that led to the discovery of fractal geometry. Throughout the human body, from the lining of the cells of the stomach to the structure of the eye, we find patterns that go way beyond mere construction blueprints. The human body is a symphony, a grand musical masterpiece played out in billions of variations across the planet. And DNA, in my view, is a holographic reflection of the whole being. The repeating patterns of genes and the symmetry of the double helix are all expressions of music. The human genome is a symphony, and it is through this symphony that we play the music of life. Combined with environmental and energetic factors, such as parental love, the symphony of human DNA creates a physical being. But it doesn't stop there. 
DNA also helps create the framework for an emotional being, an energetic being, and a spiritual being. Some scientists see nothing but cold, hard construction blueprints in DNA. Others see God in the symphony, or Mother Nature directing the orchestra. I see a miracle of life, created with such masterful poetry and music that it is something to behold, to honor, and to be humbled by. It is the ultimate statement of our connection to nature, for everywhere you look, you see the same patterns we express, carried out in a range of melodies through the plants, the animals, and even the waters and skies. Closely examining ourselves, we cannot help but observe nature. Western scientists refuse to hear the music. For Western scientists to think they have figured out the human genome, and that they can now use it to design new synthetic drugs that hijack the biochemical orchestra of the human body, is the epitome of medical arrogance. Most of these scientists refuse to recognize the miracle of human life, believing instead in the superiority of man over nature. They would destroy a thousand symphonies to sell another million dollars worth of pharmaceuticals. They are the music stoppers, the nature deniers, the rationalists. They believe all things are compartmentalized and separated. There is no connection between living things, according to the rationalists, and living creatures are nothing more than players in some cruel game called survival of the fittest. Yet we are all unique, creative expressions of the same universal tune. Our very blueprint, our DNA is a symphony of expression that will never be understood until researchers start to think holographically rather than sequentially. DNA is a wonderful mystery, as is any good symphony, or novel, or collection of poetry. And just as a novel is more than the sum of its words, a human being is more than the accounting of his or her DNA. Let me give you a simple example to make this all more apparent. In the paragraph below, each word represents a gene. What is this paragraph trying to say? A, 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 above, air, wall, almost, alone, and, 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 anywhere, as, breadth, broad, by, cluster, color, combining, crate, crooked, dropped, evening, fine, first water, follow, freedom, from, glossy, greater, hair, hazy, I, I, image, in, 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 it, 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 I've, 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 jewel, later, little, luster, might, moon, moon, new, of, 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 on, one, one, for, ornament, over, please, pulled, put, run, seen, shining, shining, slowly, some, sorts, start, the, 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 tilted, tree and farmhouse, trees, tried, tried, try, walking, wallow, water, with, with, wonder, you, your. Presented as such, it seems to be nonsense. This is the Western view of the human genome, where each word, or gene, stands on its own, existing in some isolated way for the purpose of governing the construction of some correlated physical structure. Western scientists even use the term words to describe genes, and they describe the variation in the protein sequences as different spellings of those words. Yet they completely miss the grammar of those words, the linguistics, the music, the poetry. Now let's take those same words, genes, and rearrange them to create music. Or poetry, in this case, courtesy of Robert Frost. The Freedom of the Moon I've tried the new moon tilted in the air above a hazy tree and farmhouse cluster as you might try a jewel in your hair. I've tried it fine with little breadth of luster, alone, or in one ornament combining with one first water start almost shining. I put it shining anywhere I please. By walking slowly on some evening later, I've pulled it from a crate of crooked trees, and brought it over glossy water, greater, and dropped it in, and seen the image wallow, the color run, all sorts of wonder follow. Do you see the difference?
these are the same words as the nonsense paragraph shown earlier, but now suddenly they create something far more complex and intelligent than the sum of their parts. Through the arrangement of words, or the symphony of words, Robert Frost takes us on a journey that touches on the human experience, our relationship with nature, and the meaning of life itself. All this has been brought forth by a set of words that seemed meaningless when read in isolation, absent there, holographic, interrelationships. DNA is poetry. As long as Western scientists continue to look at genes in isolation, they will only see a scramble of isolated words whose meaning remains elusive. But genuine, curious scientists who are true enough to their own hearts to take a leap of faith at believing in the symphony of nature will find something far different in human DNA. They will find poetry, symmetry, harmonics, a song of life that, if truly understood, would humble even the most brilliant among us. Last year's discovery of widespread variability in the genetic code, and gene copies, and missing genes, is not something to be viewed as a way to sell more drugs. That view insults nature herself. This discovery is far more profound. It gives us an important clue that can help humankind remember where we came from. It reminds us that we are part of nature, not its conquerors or masters. We are, in fact, an expression of the very phenomena we are attempting to understand. If we read the poetry of DNA correctly, we will realize that life itself is not about the accumulation of wealth, or stuff, or power over others, but rather the discovery of self. And self does not exist in isolation. We are, in every way imaginable, intertwined. We are all made of the same stuff, wrought from the same patterns of nature, and in fact, formulated from the same musical notes played out in five billion unique but compatible tunes. With this discovery, Western science has concluded we are all more different from each other than previously thought. Yet it is more plausible that this discovery provides evidence that we are all unique verses of the same universal poem. Copyright Mike Adams. All rights reserved. Mike Adams is a natural health author and award-winning journalist with a strong interest in personal health, the environment, and the power of nature to heal. He has authored more than 2,000 articles and dozens of reports, guides and interviews on natural health topics, impacting the lives of millions of readers around the world who are experiencing phenomenal health benefits from reading his articles. Check out his popular website, Natural News, where this article first appeared, at www.naturalnews.com.